Hey, how's it going? Good. Awesome. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> um, so I've known Jen a long, long time. How long have I known you? Probably 15 plus years. 15? Yeah. So how old am I? I'm 36. That made me 21. That sounds about right. Now to make you underage 15 years ago? Mm hmm. Yes. That sounds yep, right. exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and, and since then, oh, you got it. Perfect. I got it. There awesome. we are live. Yes, we are live. That, that is, that's very meta. That's us and us. Mm-hmm. And your very small phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and since we, um, since you were hanging out at my house, you became a lawyer. That made me 21. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That would make you I like knowing how much the delay is, though. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm just trying to get you're, that without volume. You're fine. And questions. You're right. Perfect. <laughs> there you there go. There you go. Awesome. Um, if anybody asks anything, which it's, it happens occasionally. Sometimes. Every now and again. You know. Roughly. People trying to get the free legal advice. So I usually get lots of questions. That works. Mm-hmm. We had a, you know, you think we had a doctor on a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Not as many questions as I was expecting. No. Some, a handful. Yeah, no, you know, no one but, sent in a photo of like a weird rash. and Just two, <laughs> but, but not nearly as many as I thought. You know, I thought we'd have like loads of people like wanting the, the free medical advice. Mm-hmm. Like the free law advice. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Yeah. You know, expensive knowledge contained in a person. Yeah. You know? Why did you decide to go to law school? I decided to go to law school because I wanted to do more of the preventative side of law. Um, so either contracts or estate planning, which is what I ended up doing so that I was helping avoid the lawsuits and the fighting and the drama that happens later. So I help people take proactive steps now so that they don't end up (laughs) in that kind of a situation later. Gotcha. What about estate planning was, because that doesn't seem like the the most exciting Jennifer Gomez field to go into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear that a lot, especially from other attorneys, that it's kind of the boring area of law to be in. And and I figured you do um, like music law, like Mm -hmm. like, you know, you you kind of go with what your mom was doing. Family business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I definitely did a little bit of entertainment law, but I was working at firms that did estate planning and I enjoyed working with families more so than businesses. Um, you get more of like a close personal connection with the clients and and I just, I like that. Nice. How have you been doing it? I've been practicing eight years, but I've been working in law firms as a law clerk, legal assistant now for probably like 15 years. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Because you went away and you came back. It just seems like it wasn't that long ago that you were not doing this and we're hanging out. It's bizarre. Yeah. Time flies. It does. Mm-hmm. Very much so. The it's older you get, the faster it goes. Yeah. Because it's a percentage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I always say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The one year when you're 50 is, you know, 2% of your life. But when you're three, it's a third of your entire existence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a much bigger deal. You know? Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah. Of course, of course it flies. Um, I, I still do pool fence. Not much has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it is. Consistency is good. Yeah. I like to do one, <laughs> one particular thing. Uh, so... You know, so obviously the idea is um, to connect it to to child safety. Um, so, you know, when you contacted me, you had some ideas about why it made sense to um, to talk about estate planning and references to how you can help your kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why why should people who have young kids, you know, set up something with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. As far as estate planning in general, what I help people with is making plans so that things will function smoothly either at their incapacity or at their death. 
incapacity meaning a period of time where someone's not able to make their own health or financial decisions through some kind of disability or stroke or coma or anything like that. For parents, it's particularly important because any good parent is their child's biggest protector, biggest advocate. Sure. So if their parents aren't able to act on their behalf, then what happens? And so I help parents put together the plans that cover that. So we help them decide who the guardians for their children would be if the parents are no longer around. We help them decide who would manage the financial assets for the children and basically give all of the babysitter instructions that you would want to put in place, but they're legally binding and have you know some additional protections within that. So what's the worst case scenario? Say someone doesn't do anything and something terrible happens and they pass away, mm-hmm. and they've got two little kids, mm-hmm. you know, what's the result of that? So ideally, you never find yourself in that kind of a scenario, but if both of a child's parents have passed away, then it's really up to the courts to determine what's in the best interest of the child. Mm-hmm. And they do, of course, make the best effort that they can to make sure that the kid's going to be safe and things are going to be organized. But it's a lot harder for a judge who's never met your family before to decide who should be in charge of caring for your child and how should things be set up versus the parent deciding for their own child when they know everything about everyone in the family. Um, The parent's really just in such a better position for that. So... Um, Florida has default rules for when someone dies without a will or any kind of estate plan, but it's not something that's very one size fits all, especially these days where we have blended families and you know more unique family situations that don't all fit into one nice little box that the Florida statutes have set up. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, what's kind of a worst case scenario that you've seen where you know someone passes away and they don't have anything set up? And they've got kids. Lots of fighting is is usually in the worst case scenario. Um, Lawsuits over how the assets of the estate are split up. Um, Also, whether it's with good intentions or bad intentions, people fighting over who should be raising the children. So sometimes everyone wants to raise the child because they know that child has a multi-million dollar inheritance and they want their way to get a little piece of the pie. Or control of or whatever. Or control of the pie, however you want to put it. Or in, you know, more decent family scenario, just a bunch of people that want to be in charge of raising that child because they all have different opinions on what would be best for them. So again, it's so much nicer if the parent who knows each of those people in the family can make that determination as to, or even a family friend or someone that you trust um, would be in charge of raising the kids rather than tossing a bunch of names in the hat and crossing your fingers and hoping it works out well. The judge pulls out one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So while that's all happening, what's happening to the kids? Um, Sometimes they'll be in, you know, group homes, sometimes they'll be staying with one family member or another temporarily, Um, and in a time where children need consistency and structure because the kids are going through a very stressful situation. Their parents just died. Um, The last thing that you want is them bouncing around from 
house to house or facilities and it really is ideal if they can just immediately go to whatever their next forever home is going to be or even for some parents will have their estate planning set up so that they can stay in the home that they've been living in and have their new caregiver come to live in that home again to give them consistency as far as living situation staying in the same schools staying near the friends that they've been around so that as few other things in their life are changing all at the same time. Does that happen a lot? Having Where someone, the parent or the new guardian moves into the house. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly if the person who's going to be the guardian for the children maybe doesn't have as much financial success, right. but they are better suited to care for the child emotionally and spiritually, and and all of those other aspects of parenting mm-hmm. besides the finances. Sure. So it can be a nice fit. Nice. Mm-hmm. So when do you like to see people come in to start planning with you? I'm guessing you say right away, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right away, yeah. immediately. Um, I have clients that are as young as 18 because wow. some aspects of planning are just what happens to you yourself if you're ever incapacitated. So you can have an 18-year-old who's in a car accident or something like that and... If they don't have legal documents in place, it's not automatic that their parents can come get information from the hospital, make healthcare decisions for them, or make financial decisions for them. So even at 18, you need to start with you know a, a bachelor plan, okay. so to speak, just so that you yourself are covered. Um, bachelorette plan. Bachelorette plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Once you have kids, of course, then you need to start thinking about those kind of plans for them. Or even before you have kids, once you have some assets built up, you need to figure out how that's going to transfer to whoever you want. It could be charities, family members. Um, most people just don't want to see it going to the government or whoever the Florida statutes have set up for them. So is that what happens? Um, generally speaking, the statutes have sort of an order of closeness in your family tree okay. of where your assets would go if you didn't mm-hmm. decide. But for people that don't have close family members, you know, so if all you have are more distant cousins, then, you know, you sort of run down that list and that's all there is. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, it would be ideal in that kind of a scenario if you don't have any close family to set up wills or trusts that would leave things to charities or friends or you know whatever you want <laughs> so what what do they do with that money you know say i passed away i don't have any close family the government takes it and just gets absorbed into the apparatus I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um florida has an unclaimed funds department i guess okay. you would call it um, Florida Treasure Hunt is where you can find all sorts of unclaimed funds. So some okay. people will have, you know, a bank account that they forgot about and got closed, and mm-hmm. so money like that is there and available. I, th- I for- think I looked at it once, and FPL owed me like eighty bucks from a house from. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, I I yeah. looked on it. I had a like forty dollar law school application refund yeah. fee that never made its way back to right. me. Um, so money can stay in there for a certain amount of years to see if someone who is entitled to that money comes around. But if not, then eventually it does go to the state. Gotcha. They just use it for whatever they feel like. Whatever, whatever they've decided they need it for. They're just waiting, hoping that no one hears you. Mm -hmm. Like, please Mm -hmm. let people just drop dead so we can take their money. (laughs) I wonder what percentage of what they make is just people, like unprepared people. It probably can't be that much. Yeah, because 
in some situations, if you have family, a spouse or yeah. children or grandchildren, then those would be people that would take by default. So, right, it makes sense. So, you know, what are some misconceptions that people have that you would want to clear up about what you do? <laughs> um, a lot of people hear estate planning and they think, well, I don't have an estate. I'm not wealthy. <laughs> yeah. um, but really, like I said, even if it's just those basic plans for incapacity, or even if you just have a little something built up as far as net worth, it's still a good idea to have the plans in place. Um, one of my friends, his son died unexpectedly in his 30s, and a lot of his assets were a little bit in this bank account and a tiny little bit of home equity. And so the cost to probate the estate, to transfer over the amounts in those bank accounts and the home equity, it just wasn't worth it. So his parents and his family just walked away from it entirely because the amount that they would have had to spend in court fees and legal fees to get access to it would have completely eaten up whatever was there. That's a bummer. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think, I know I did up until a few years ago, that uh, little, you know, if you have a will, you're all set, you know. Um, right. <laughs> and obviously that's probably, especially if you have any kind of assets at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of my clients come to me and they say, okay, I've got a will, so that way I don't have to go to probate. Right. And it couldn't be further from the truth. A will is the instructions for the probate court as to what you'd like them to do, ideally. Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, they, they will follow what's in your will unless right. there's you know a, an extenuating circumstance not to. Um, but, you know, Anthony Bourdain just recently passed away. He had a will-based plan. So I'm really? able to find out all of the information about his probate process. How, how did he not have some kind of trust or something? That's, that's insane. It happens all the time. That's crazy. Because um, he wasn't even that young. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's obviously really well off and mm -hmm. he clearly afforded the state attorney. would benefit yeah. from and the knows. privacy aspects of having a trust-based plan. Right. So a trust... So, it's similar so, to so a the, will. I didn't know about the public side. Mm -hmm. So um, his will is public? Yeah. So the probate process is a court process. It's public. For anyone who has any to desire to keep things private, they would want to opt for a trust-based plan, which is similar. It's still a set of instructions as right. far as who's in charge, what should happen with your money. But your family and your attorneys or accountants can take care of that privately, mm -hmm. um, usually a lot more efficiently and quickly because the court's not getting involved and um, also a lot less expensive typically to administer a trust-based plan for the same reasons. The attorneys don't have to go to court as often and it makes things a lot simpler. Gotcha. So someone has their will, um, they want to come to you, what's the next step? So if someone wants to well, set up their estate yeah. planning of any sort, it's a good idea for them to, before they come to meet with an attorney, get a little bit of an organized overview of what type of assets they have, rough values of those things, where they would want to see those assets transferred at their death, and who should be in charge of it. So it's sort of an inventory of all of your important people, all of the important things in your life, that way you can be prepared to go meet with an attorney and make some intelligent decisions because I can help someone decide the most financially or legally efficient way to do things. But when people ask me, well, who should I pick as a guardian? Or, you know, I don't know what to 
set up as far as percentages of my estate right. and things like that. I don't know. That's that's your department. Sure. I'll make sure that it happens the way that you want it to, but you have to tell me how you want it. Right. Is there any kind of, um, I, mean, I, I was other than, I guess, internally, I was wondering if there was any kind of counseling or, you know, because it is a tough call, you know, how to set up your stuff and the right way to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do, you know. Just, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I guess I should, you know. Yeah. I, I, um, I do need to see you. I have a will. And that, it's just chilling there, hanging out. Okay. And I'm, I'm aware that it's a problem. Yeah, because, so uh, there's room for improvement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we did it with my dad, and thankfully he got all set up, like, literally right in the nick of time. Like, you know, like, days before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's, that was the, the worst case scenario of doing it. You know, because it was a rush, and we knew he was dying, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was, like, this clock. and Yeah, you know, and adds to the stress, yeah, it, it and sucked. you have enough things going on. Right, yeah, there's a dying person. dealing with going yeah. to visit your attorney. Yeah, or, you know, he was emailing us, and it was, you know... It was an ordeal, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of that. People last minute trying to rush in before the buzzer, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, so for clients like that where it's a much more urgent scenario, I do kind of drop everything else and focus on that because a lot of people, they just don't think of it until someone's really ill or they're under hospice care and then they go, oh, we never got around to doing that right. will or trust that we'd been planning on. And, right. You know, so hopefully you get it done in time. Um, but yeah, and we, you know, always. there was some stuff that got left uh, that didn't get there in time, so it ended up in probate. Mm-hmm. So I mean, which you know, I wonder how how people um, survive when you know a chunk of their stuff. Um, so his stuff was in probate for months. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it's frozen and it's set aside and. Um, and for us, and for us, it wasn't a big deal um, because you know the main accounts, you know, multiple people had access to and everything. But I imagined that, that could be, you know, it could be life changing for somebody. Absolutely, the probate process in Broward County, Florida, for example, can easily take six months. And if your main asset is your home, which right, yeah. for a lot of families it, it is. is you're dealing with an asset that while it's stuck in that probate proceedings, who's paying the taxes and the insurance and mortgage and all of the upkeep expenses if you don't have the ability to sell it immediately or rent it out. Um, So it can almost become this financial burden or where it may end up then again, not being worth it to probate the asset if by the time it's all said and done, you're going to be stripping through the equity with all those expenses that you have. So with a trust-based plan, if someone owns their home in a trust or a rental property, their trustee can take over immediately at that person's death and sell it the next day if they need to. So again, it helps make sure that things are going to function quickly and efficiently and then therefore economically. Is there any kind of uh, planning or setup that you like to see specifically for people with young kids? Different from people with, you know, either grown kids or no kids or adults? Mm, I mean, I think that the parents do, by default, choose a very similar thing. So any of my clients that have young kids, unless they're extremely wealthy, we'll just say, everything to my children. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, surviving spouse first and then to the children. Um, So... 
yes, that's how I would like to see it set up, yeah. but I don't need to do any pushing there. That's that's just usually how it goes, unless it's you know an extremely wealthy family <laughs> right. where they say you know a few million dollars, my kids are going to be set, yeah. and then we do want to leave some to nieces and nephews or charities or or whatever. Um, the wills, even if you are using a trust-based plan, they name the guardian for your children within okay. the will. So that's the one really important function that you want to have um, taken care of there. But then you can have all of the other details as far as finances within the trust. Are there any big mistakes that you see people make that you wish they didn't? <laughs> um, I would say the biggest mistake is trying to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, because like a rocket lawyer type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, or even worse, like just writing something in a word <laughs> on, document. On a napkin. Or, yeah, yeah on a napkin. Yeah. Um, because putting an X on it, like an old school pirate. You know, as well. In general, it may work okay, but there's a lot of formalities as far as witnesses and notaries that you want to make sure that all of that's done properly, mm. and a lot of the. DIY plans don't know to plan for certain unique situations. Like if um, one of your children has some kind of special needs and you want to make sure that that child has their inheritance managed for them long term. Again, you know, your average legal Zoom plan may not think to account for that and especially may not account for that in a way where the child's still going to be eligible for government benefits like Medicaid or food stamps in addition to their inheritance. So a lot of the DIY plans you would see, they would either completely disinherit the child so that they could stay on their Medicaid benefits or, or whatever, or they would receive their inheritance and then have to spend down that inheritance until they could then apply for government benefits again. But as you can imagine, you know, Medicaid and food stamps alone does not really create a very a life for somebody. ideal lifestyle. Right. Yeah. So um, for anyone in that kind of a situation or even as sort of a backup, if the situation occurs, put the money into a special needs trust so that that money can just supplement what Medicaid doesn't cover. So, you know, their housing expenses, clothing, things like that that aren't paid for. Gotcha. How much parental control is someone allowed to put into the the trust? You know, am I allowed to say they have to go to bed at nine PM every night and have a strict vegan diet? I mean what you know, to what extent are you allowed to parent uh, from the grave? You can put a lot of detail in there. I wouldn't recommend getting quite that yeah. detailed. Hopefully whoever you're choosing as your guardians and trustees are people that you trust to make good judgment calls. But you can put in lots of specifics as far as if you want your children to receive your inheritance, their inheritance at certain ages when they may be a little more financially mature or maybe receiving different amounts of their inheritance from milestone events like graduating college or finishing grad school. A lot of my clients will do that to encourage their kids to finish school and finish school quickly, even though the parents aren't around to encourage it like they would if they were still alive so you can put a, a lot of things into the planning but i would kind of look more at the the bigger picture <laughs> yeah. items rather than getting <laughs> stuck in the weeds have you seen really bizarre requests like that <laughs> um i've seen some but for the most part people don't get too wacky about right. it a lot of the burial instructions get a little more 
Specific. Specific. Yeah. You know, if they want their ashes thrown into a, a volcano or, you know. You just... know, what are some better... That's a... I mean, you see them all the time. So what are some better burial instructions you've seen? Because I don't know what I want to do. So it's, it's good to get, you know, you get inspiration from a lot of different people. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a good one. Uh, you a, know, a bur- ashes in a volcano? Thrown into a Any volcano. Any particular volcano? Uh, down in Hawaii. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a specific so, volcano. Yeah, a, a specific volcano <laughs> okay. that was of significance to them. All right. Um, a lot of people are doing more of eco-friendly burials where there's different um, alternatives to cremation now where it's Mm -hmm. done with I don't know the scientific process behind it but you know basically like a liquid solution that will dissolve things more naturally and in a more environmentally friendly way Um, you'll also see people doing different things where they can have cremains pressed into diamonds or I guess a cubic zirconia okay um, so that there's like a keepsake to that or some people that will have their ashes put into a planter that will then grow a tree, which I think is kind of high pressure on someone to keep that tree alive right. later. Yeah, seriously. So, um, that one hasn't seemed very appealing to me, although I, I like the idea of like the, the life cycle. The idea cycle, is cool, but yeah, you got to have someone who has to water and make sure the tree's yeah, okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'm fairly good with plants and yeah, have but, a decent grief them, yeah. but that's just too much pressure. It is. <laughs> you think that's grandma and, you know, mm-hmm. or three generations go by and yeah. know, people can't sell the house because you got the tree in the backyard. Yeah. My yeah. mom told me that she wants to be pressed into a diamond and okay. I sat there for probably 15 minutes telling her, I need you to acknowledge that you forgive me in advance if perchance I lost it. Right. Of course, I'll try not to. <laughs> yes. But... That would be a very guilt-ridden situation for me yeah. if I lose that diamond necklace or right. whatever it is. Absolutely. So, yes. So yeah. That'd be terrifying. Saying it publicly, she's already promised to forgive me in advance. I don't think you'd know. Maybe you would. But, uh, yeah, I don't... The idea of um, picking, for lack of a better word, like a trendy, you know, um, you know barrier resolution mm-hmm. and knowing that... I might forget 40 years from now and then pass away that, you know, I picked this thing that was cool in 2018 and, people, and 30 years from now people are like, oh, that's, that's bizarre. Good luck. You know, yeah. oh, you, you, you did this during the tree phase. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, when that was cool. Yeah. Know? I mean, everyone has, a, you know, like different trends, I guess, for whatever industry you're in. But I mean, I guess that's why you can update estate plans over time right. and you should both to make sure that it matches up with changes in the law, changes in your family, changes in burial trends, I right. guess. I've yeah. never really mentioned that to a client, <laughs> but I guess, yeah, if they pick something odd or maybe, you know. Yeah, be aware that it might not be mm-hmm. cool 10 years from now. Yeah, too. I mean, who knows? With, like, different laws changing, maybe someday we can't do cremation anymore. It's, right. You know, just not very eco-friendly. What happens in that case if the law changes? If the law changes were something then illegal that you had put into an yeah. estate plan before, I guess the courts would have to try to decide something that's as closely in line with what you've decided. Right. There's some case law where people left their estate to charities that then that charitable purpose no longer exists. Right. So like there used to be charities that would take care of retired fire truck courses I, okay. I think yeah. I think was the scenario 
and we don't really have those. fire trucks yeah. by horse anymore. So in that case, the courts had to decide, you know, what's a similar right. charitable purpose and give it to, you know, another charity that, you know, I think was dealing with horses, but I was not gonna necessarily. Say, I was going to say, did they go the horse route or the fire truck for the, the fire <laughs> route? I mean, I guess maybe you could flip a coin. make an yeah. argument for, for splitting it. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess a charity that doesn't exist anymore or like you said, something that just goes out of fashion, mm-hmm. you know, or isn't around, you know, isn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, because longevity, right? If somebody has a ton of, you know, if, if someone's extremely wealthy and, you know, they say they want it, you know, every year for, you know, the thing, the thing could go away, mm-hmm. which I guess you never think about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wonder about, about um, and I encountered this a little bit when we buried my parents, um, the upkeep on the, you know, the cemetery, you know, the, the grounds and whatnot, that, mm-hmm. you know, they have to be there forever, essentially, you know. Yeah. And, and I think the state pays for, or, you know, there's a fund that they put some of their money into, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know too much on the particulars of yeah. how that works, but I know, at least locally here, I know Boynton is trying to decide how they're going to keep up the upkeep of the cemeteries locally, and, you know, it sort of seems like they just keep expanding and having new burial plots that then will kind of pay for the maintenance of the older areas, Right, but it's like you a, can uh, only do that so far, I guess. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Ponzi scheme, but it's like, you know... Where they're, they're paying for the old ones with the new ones, right? Yeah. It's the ongoing, it's the cemetery Ponzi skin racket. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Awesome. Was well, there anything else you want people to know specifically, you know, if they've got young kids and they're worried about it, what should the next step be for them? Um, well, they should definitely reach out to an attorney of some right. sort. Don't try to do it yourself. You can either contact a private attorney like me, or if you can't afford to hire an attorney, you can contact Legal Aid. They have some version of that in most counties, and then you get paired up with a volunteer attorney like myself that will do the planning free of charge, and that way you know that you're getting the right advice that you need um, and have the plans in place, but that way there's an option for everyone, even if you know they're not able to hire an attorney privately. What should somebody look for an attorney if they're looking for this? Definitely an attorney that focuses on that area of law. So mm-hmm. you don't want to go to your criminal law attorney that sure. does wills on the side now and right. then. Um, does that happen a lot? It does. Okay. Unfortunately, a lot of attorneys will think, oh, I can put a will together. And most of the time, <laughs> if they don't do it on a regular basis, it's still that same scenario like the client trying to do it themselves. They just don't know what they don't know. So there may be some nuances or some contingencies that just don't get planned for appropriately. Gotcha. So someone who does it full time, and I mean that's pretty much the main thing to look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like for me, this is all I do all day, every day. You know, estate planning, asset protection, incapacity planning. You know, so all of the aspects interrelated to that. Has anything changed since you got started? Mm, the. Tax laws change pretty frequently. Okay. So like the estate tax exemptions have changed. The power of attorney rules here in Florida changed in 2011. Um, you know, January of this year, the tax laws changed pretty dramatically as far as how much you can transfer tax-free um, federally. Florida stays the same with that. We it, just it, don't tax the states here in Florida. That's nice. Um, <laughs> if there's an ongoing... Um, Continue, you know, if there's a trust that's paying ongoing, and the tax laws change, are they frozen at the time of of passing, or do the, do the laws change? How does that work? 
So it'll still be under whatever the current tax laws are. So um, trusts pay income taxes if the trust assets are earning income in an investment account, for example. Mm -hmm. So they're going to pay taxes based on whatever the, the current right. law is. Okay. Um, trust income tax rates are kind of high, but you know they still just sort of hover in that range of area. But gotcha. So whatever is in it in effect at the time right because i was imagining you know you're trying to optimize it for a current tax <laughs> setup and then mm -hmm. you know the, the the laws change five years from now and now all of a sudden your mm -hmm. your plan is out of whack for the current environment mm -hmm. you know? yeah so there there have been better years to die than others <laughs> yeah. for the initial estate tax um but what's the best year to die i think it was uh 2010 was a really good year okay um but right now you can transfer over ten million to your okay. family tax free, so estate taxes, at least here in Florida, right now, don't apply to a lot of people. But you know, you can go back within our lifetime, and it could have been, you know, six hundred thousand. Oh, wow! So then taxes are applicable to a lot right. more families. <laughs> Absolutely, that's crazy. It's crazy that there's such a wide discrepancy. Yeah. Taxes are something that, you know, depending on what political party is right. in power, things can... The flavor of the month. Yeah, exactly. Swing back and forth. Awesome. Is there anything else you want people to know? Um, what else were we supposed to talk about? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely want to talk about as far as explaining your plans to your children. Oh, okay. Um, because a lot of my clients ask me, well, so do I talk to my kids about this? Right. Or should I just, you know, see what happens? Yeah. Um, so for that, I recommend, of course, using age-appropriate language, language yeah. and level of detail. Um, very different conversation with a four-year-old than a 16-year-old. Um, it should go without saying, but be honest about it. Right. You know, of course, you want to make them feel comfortable, but it's something where I feel like you're doing your child a disservice to kind of, you know, BS them about what's going to happen. Um, in either direction, probably, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you don't necessarily need to get into dollar amounts or things like that, but you know, it's good for kids to have an overview of what things might look like if their parents incapacitated or at their death. Um, and of course give them the reassurance and explain things in a way that it's unlikely, <laughs> you know, and um, that you hope that you're there for your kids. But if not, then you'd be living with grandma and grandpa or whoever it is. That way they can at least know that even if something happens to their parents, there's still a safe place for them. And that's huge because kids do worry about their own safety and, sure. and you know, what's going to happen to me. And so that gives them that extra reassurance knowing that there's other people that will also be looking out for them and then i guess the same goes for making sure the guardian is aware mm -hmm. yes yeah. yes uh definitely anyone that you're asking to act on your behalf you should probably talk to them first and uh does the guardian have to agree yes okay yes yeah. so they do have to agree to serve so in some situations it's good that there's backup guardians if for any kind of reason that your first choice isn't able to serve, mm -hmm. then there's other people who can serve as well. Do they agree at the time of, of duty, essentially, or do they do it when the estate planning is done? At the time of 
of their service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is a good idea when you're doing the planning to ask them then and make sure that they'd be comfortable with it because it's, it's, a, big, it's a big deal. Right. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of guardians be, being surprised by like, they didn't know and all of a sudden they find out they're a guardian there's a kid? Sounds like a movie. No, but I'm sure that that does happen sometimes. Sure. Like, surprise, I chose you as the trustee to right. manage this money for the next 20 years. And, and my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Or make you the executor of an account, an estate, or, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Because you don't think, you know, most people don't think anything's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I can see setting up a trust or having it all good to go, and you pick Aunt Sally, and you figure you'd tell her eventually, and then you don't, and, <laughs> and you buy a car, and all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. She finds out she's responsible for your kids for the mm-hmm. next, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, unless you can think of anything else, we're yeah. good. Okay. How do people get a hold of you? Where are you at? So people can get in touch with me through my website, which is jennifergomez.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually the, the best way to send me a message through there. You can also it, get It's awesome that was available, the... by the way. Hmm? It's awesome that Jennifer Gomez existed and you were able to get it. I had to have Did like have a, you know, whatever sort of alert it is once it becomes available. And oh, then, and, and you grabbed it? Yeah, okay. I grabbed it. So some other Jennifer Gomez let it expire. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they should have had it in their estate planning. They would have passed it on. Yeah, I guess. They missed out. So, yeah. so that way you can get links to all the social media for my firm and uh, get in touch with me there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And is there anything people should have? I mean, we kind of talked about already what they should have come prepared with, you know, before they contact you. Yeah, actually, also on the website, if you go to our main page on there, you can download a guide that will help you have a worksheet and some general information so that you can kind of figure those things out in advance, especially for married couples. It's nice for them to be able to talk about it privately before they're sitting in front of me so that they can have their debates about it before they have another person sitting in the room to watch them. So That's always handy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we get, I don't know, 10, 20,000 people per episode is what um, question would you like to ask the general audience that they can answer for you in the comments? Hmm. Um, that you'd want to I, I would want to know what sort of aspects of planning are they still confused about? Okay. Because I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of seminars. I come chat with cool guys like you and try to overcome a lot of the misinformation that's out there. A lot of people hear about most of these topics from movies and TV. And so it's not necessarily applicable information. A lot of urban legends. Uh, A lot of urban legends. Lots of, oh, well, that happened to so-and-so in another jurisdiction, another state Mm -hmm. where the laws can be completely different. So, yeah, I'd love to know kind of what people are still unsure of or, you know, what what they want to know. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. We're good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. There you go.